Praise the Lord. This is my second service today. I already preached one service. I do that every Sunday. Hello. And uh, praise the Lord. Some of y'all scared of the east side, but I ain't scared of the east side. Hmm? I was born on the east side. Huh? Benito and Mac. Come on, somebody. What's this popping here, Tony? All right. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to the book of Revelation. Everybody say, ooh. The book of Revelation. <laughs> Hallelujah. Chapter number 19 and verse number 10. And I'm going to do it like the big shots. Is that all right? I'm going to walk around with my iPad. Huh? Watch this, watch this. Watch. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> Revelation chapter number 19 and verse number 10. And we'll be looking at uh, stanza number, uh, uh, letter B. It says, Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Everybody say that with me. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You need to understand, go with me to, go with me to uh, John's gospel. We'll get over that. Go ahead and turn to it. We'll talk about it a little bit before we get over there. When Jesus was about to depart from his disciples, he talked to them about sending them another comforter because he was going to leave being their present comforter. So he said, when I leave from here, I am going to send you another comforter, and he is going to do what? He is going to what? Well, go right to 15.26. I want you to read 15.26 in John's Gospel. And it says, When the Spirit, capital S, of truth is come, he shall testify of me. The Holy Spirit promotes Jesus. Right? So, you can put it into proper perspective that if you're talking about prophesying, it needs to be about Jesus. Because the spirit of prophecy is what? It's the testimony of Jesus. Now, he's not saying it's Jesus' testimony. He's saying, though, prophecy must be about Jesus and lifting him up. Now, I got news for you. Just because you prophesy doesn't mean you're a prophet. Oh, that's quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. Just because you prophesy does not mean you are a prophet. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Hello. And in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we have a list of all of the giftings or, better stated, the manifestations of the Spirit. Somebody say manifestations. But the writer added it because he wanted to add some more things to give you an idea of what it was. But it was added by the writer. Gifts were added. All right. But it's actually manifestations because when you break them down into their three categories, you find out what they do. But it also says it's the self-same spirit. Three denominations, but it's the Holy Ghost. And he said it is given to them to profit with all. What do you mean? It means that everybody that's born again, 
that ever got filled with the Holy Ghost, you have some work to do to get over there into the gifts that belong to the body. That means that you can prophesy. <gasps> what? Yes, you can. Because there's a distinct difference between the prophet of the Old Testament and the prophet of the New Testament, and it is the manifestation of prophecy. You ever heard that before, manifestation of prophecy? What it means is, is that, what is, what, what it, first of all, what is prophecy? What does it do in the New Testament? It is for the purpose of exhortation, edification, and comfort. To who? To the one who's listening. It's talking about talking to you about something that's going to make you bigger. That's what edify means. It's talking about something that's going to give you some comfort, right? And what's the other word? And it's going to do what? Exhort you to run on for Jesus. So guess what? Take the prophet off of your Facebook page if you was flowing in prophecy because you're not a prophet. You're just a part of the body. Come on, somebody. As a matter of fact, Brother Lou Pratt can prophesy if he let the Spirit move on him and say words of encouragement to you. The distinct difference is a prophet is foretelling. A person who flows in prophecy is foretelling. I'm telling you something right now that I get inspired by the Holy Ghost and it's going to bless your life. But a prophet tells you when, where, and who. Hello? He tells you what's going to take place. You don't believe me? Turn to Acts chapter number 21 and verse number 8. Come on, follow me. Come on, come on. Acts 21 and verse number 8. You got there yet, honey? Are you there? I got my helper. It's an old-time church. I'm going to let her read. 21 and 8. Read. Read. <laughs> and the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed. Uh -huh. and, louder, and they came to Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip the Stop. evangelist. Stop right there. Mm -hmm. That's the old one. That's the old one. Mm -hmm. Stop right there. <laughs> it says that Paul and his company entered into a brother's house, and he happened to be Philip the evangelist. Who is Philip the evangelist? The only record that we have of evangelists in the New Testament. Come on, somebody. And what did he do? He went to a city and turned it upside down. Hello? I didn't mean to preach on the fivefold today, but I, it's, it's moving that way. If you're not turning cities upside down with signs, wonders, and miracles, you might not be an evangelist. I'm going to give it back to my wife. Read. Which was one of the seven and abode with him. Uh -huh. And the same man had four daughters, yes. virgins, which did prophesy. Stop right there. He said he had four virgins. Four daughters? Well, they was virgins too. And they did what? And they did what? He said he had four daughters who were virgins that were prophets. Tisses. He said they were prophetesses, right? That's what people say when they're talking to you now. I'm a prophetess. But the Bible says that Philip the evangelist, you know he had some power in his life, dedicated his life to God. He used to be a deacon. Come on, somebody. God elevated him because he was faithful. I got Brother Avery in the back and put his hand up when I said that. He was faithful over where God was told him to serve, and God promoted him to the office of... Ooh, you can start out a deacon and get into the fivefold. But the bottom line is... Read. 
And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet. It, he said, as they tarried there, tarried there means they were doing hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, thank you. No, they were waiting. They were waiting. Then it says, a certain prophet came down, right? And it's amazing that you can look in just a couple verses and find out the difference between prophets and prophets. Oh, prophesying. Read. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews of Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Keep, going. Keep going. All right. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Now, specific instructions were not a whole bunch of details, but catch this. It's about ministry. It's about where you going. It's about what I've called you to do. And it's specifics that I'm going to anoint you for this. Now, a question for the audience. Did he tell him he was going to get beat? Did he tell him he was going to get stoned to death? Did he tell him he was going to be in a boat chained up in the bottom and he would be shipwrecked? Did he tell him he'll be floating in the water for some days? No. Did he tell him that he'll be over on the shore getting wood and a snake would bite him? No, he prophesied to him as a prophet to show him that I have called you for a purpose in ministry. Is this getting good yet? You, you learn how to distinguish between prophesying and prophet. Prophets talk about purpose in kingdom. Prophecy helps you make it through the day, make it through the moment. It inspires you to go further. So-and-so prophesied to me about my ministry, did he? What did he say? Did he tell you he was going to get whooped? Hope not. But if you're in the office of the prophet, just know you're going to go be speaking to kings, important folks. You're going to be sleeping in huts. Some of y'all ready to go to Africa? You're going to be doing some crazy stuff for the gospel's sake. See the difference? One encourages you. One speaks to you and puts you in your office. But doesn't tell you all the crazy stuff. But I got news, good news for you. If you are called to be a prophet, God got your back. No matter where you go, he sent you there. No matter how bad it looks, no matter who's coming against you, guess what's going to happen? If you do whatever thus saith the Lord and follow the Holy Ghost, you're going to get there. Tell your name and say, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. But I mean, you know, we need some encouragement sometimes. Hello? The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Paul was on his way to testify about Jesus. Hello? So guess what my message is today? What is your testimony? Hmm? Now we need to understand a few things here. The word testify comes from a Latin, the Latin term testis. The Latin term testis means third party. Now when we're talking about third party, we're talking about, let's put it in the court term where you have a prosecutor and you have a defense and then you have somebody sitting on the witness stand. And the person sitting on the witness stand is doing what? Testifying. He's testifying to what he saw or he's testifying to what he heard. Right? So it it means that if you're a witness, that means that's something you heard, that's something you're experiencing, and you can tell from first-hand experience how you got there. 
you can be a credible witness or they can set you up some crazy witnesses like they did against Jesus. They sent some folk in and said, he talked against God. He said this. Those were fought witnesses. But it was their testimony, or it is your testimony that I'm talking about today. See, a lot of us want God to do things, stuff to fall out the sky, stuff to turn around in your life. But my question, are you ready for the question? How many times are you testifying for Jesus to other folk? How many people are you telling that they need to be saved, that they need to be born again, that, they need, that, that, that God can do for them the same thing that he did for you, right? See, the problem that most of us have is we've heard so much mumbo-jumbo from false teachers and crazy pastors and crazy prophets that come to town that tell you, I got a word for you, and I want you to put a check in the offering for $1,000. Haven't you all ever been there? Don't put your hand up. Anybody ever gave a thought? Don't put your hand up. Hello. But understand, this particular prophet that came to Paul didn't ask for nothing, did he? He didn't come in there and say, listen, I need some gold, and I'm going to give you this word. I'm going to tie this girl around you, and I'm going to tell you that he's going to leave. No, he didn't ask for anything. Because when you're a real prophet of God, you can't be hooked up to money. Uh-oh, I got one witness. Thank you, brother. I got one witness. When you are... A real prophet of God, you're not driven by money. You know, when you really run into prophets, they're some strange folk. They don't worry about, <laughs> they don't worry about clothes too much. They don't worry about this. They worry, the only concern is, is being where God wants them to be and saying, thus saith the Lord. Can I get a witness in here this morning? So my message today is talking about your testimony. How much do you testify of Jesus? Because the spirit of prophecy, prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. If you're not talking about Jesus or witnessing for Jesus, guess what? You might, have, you might not have the Holy Ghost pushing you to prophesy nothing. Hello? Am I, am I getting too deep for some of y'all? Let's go on now. You know, in the old church, we used to have what we call testimony service. You know, then you, you get up to the church, I'm going to give my testimony, right? And you say, you know what, uh, the Lord did so-and-so so for me. And a lot of times we use old sayings that we heard before, right? We testify and the song would be your testimony. Well, your testimony is not, you know, what you, the song couldn't be your testimony. You didn't write the song. Any songwriters in here? You write songs, that's your testimony, right? See, l let me give you a clue to what, how a testimony starts. The testimony starts, first of all, to the born-again believer. You come to a place, and you're not born again, and you hear the gospel. And when you hear the gospel, the only thing an unbeliever can receive is the gospel. And when you hear the gospel, the Holy Ghost comes along and says, I'm giving you faith right now to believe for salvation. And then when you believe for salvation, and you go down, and you say you want to be saved, and you say and make Jesus the Lord of your life by confessing with your mouth you are born again, now you have a testimony. That you're born again, right? So when you get a, the way you get a testimony, that you've really done something and been through something. You're testifying to things that you know, things that you've seen or participated in. I'm getting there. I'll say, 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 get there, Pastor. Get there, Pastor. Now, it comes to that Latin term, a third-party witness. You're supposed to testify of things that you've heard, experienced. Also of things that we have accepted as truth. Uh-oh, now we're going somewhere else. See, the bottom line is the Word of God is truth all by itself. The Word of God preached in its proper perspective will change your life. It will bring the promises and blessings of God when it's preached to you and you believe that. Because faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. And he can't preach to you unless he's been called by God. Right? So you have to hear an anointed man. Y'all believe y'all got an anointed man of God? It's over in Israel right now. Pastor Marlon Reed, do you believe it? Okay, so he's anointed to preach the word to you. But the Bible says there are some things that are hard to believe. It's hard to believe that you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Number one, you ain't never been there before. You don't know nobody that ever been there before, right? You can only imagine what it's like to be in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. However, somebody say however. The word of God specifically says that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you got to take this thing. I believe what the word says. See, I'm talking about stuff that you take as being true. So if you have people preaching to you stuff that's not in the Bible, you can't believe God for it, can you? You can't believe God for anything that he didn't promise you. If he promised you health, believe health for him. But my question is, what scripture are you standing on to get healing from God? What scripture are you standing on to get deliverance from God? What scripture are you standing on to receive that thing that he promised you? Because if you didn't know he promised it to you, you can't ask him for it. Maybe that's the reason why we're not getting some of the stuff that we're asking for. Testifying of a truth that we have accepted to be true. Well, the Bible is true all by itself, whether you believe it or not. The problem is, are you going to believe it? Are you going to take God at his word? Are you going to say what he says? Oh, I got to say what he says? Yes. What does that mean? You have to now make a confession. We're going back to the courtroom, y'all. The courtroom. You have to make a confession in the courtroom to be the truth. But if you're testifying to things that's not the truth, guess what the prosecutor's going to do? He's going to come with evidence that you don't know what you're talking about. And he's trying to convince the jury and the judge that you don't know what you're talking about. Well, if you don't know what the Word of God says for your particular situation, guess what? You don't know what you're talking about. You're just a hoping and a wishing. And if you're hoping and a wishing, you're like the person that's hoping he could be turned into a motorcycle and by sitting in the garage or turned into a car by sitting in the garage. You can't do that because it's not promised to you to be that. Hello? This, I know it's ain't jumping and shouting, but we're going to get there. Because I want you to understand that whatever's coming out of your mouth is your testimony. Whatever you're saying with the fruit of your lips, you know what comes out of your mouth is fruit. You know what comes out of your mouth is spiritual currency. You should have wrote that down. Whatever comes out of your mouth is spiritual currency. And if you're using it inappropriately, guess what? You're pushing the thing that you really need from God farther away. You understand what I'm saying? Now, when the spirit of truth has come, he's going to testify of me. He said over in Revelation, the spirit of prophecy is what? The testimony of Jesus. How many times do we miss opportunities to talk about Jesus? Huh? Slap in your face. When you ain't thinking about it, opportunity to talk about Jesus come up. And what do you do? Um, I'm offended. Uh-oh. I can't talk about it right now. A lot of us don't know how to talk about it. You don't know how to get somebody saved if you had to. First thing you say is, I'm going to take you to my church. I ain't got time to go to your church. Uh, 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 I'm going to pray for you. And then when you pray, it's not according to what the word says. Oh, come on, somebody. We got some work to do to get folks saved. Now, turn with me to 2 Timothy 1 and 8. 
And you, it, it will behoove you to read that entire scripture of 2 Timothy 1 and 8. It says, this is the, the, the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy. He says, be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me, his prisoner. And if you keep on reading, he's letting you know you have to be boisterous about what you believe. If you don't do any talking about what you believe, you probably don't believe it. Huh? Because anything you believe in, you talk about. You believe in going to work? Well, then you talk about work, don't you? You believe in eating? You go there three times a day to the refrigerator. Anything that you believe in, what do you do? You do. What does Pastor Ray say? Anything you don't do or practice, you don't believe in. You believe in healing, you lay hands on the sick. You believe in healing, you get scriptures out that, that pertain to your healing, and you read those scriptures over yourself, and you make that thing your confession. Why? Because you believe it. And then you heard somewhere in the Bible, in Romans, where it says, faith come by hearing. Well, guess what? Your ears are connected to your spirit, man. So my question is, what are you saying to yourself? What are you saying about other folks? And what are you letting other folks say in your ears? Uh-oh. Say, don't go that way, Pastor Reed. What you allowing people to say. Notice Paul, when he traveled, he had his company with him. Did you read that? Some of us got to find our own company. Some of us need to find better company. Some of us need to get rid of some old company. You need to tell them, say, you can, I can't have no company today. Because your company might keep you from receiving from God. Notice that he said, I'm going to take a little journey, talking about the Apostle Paul, and I'm going to go down here to Philip the Evangelist's house. There got to be some God in that house. Come on, somebody. And when he got there, he found out there was four virgin daughters who prophesied. Wouldn't it be nice to walk into a house and four people start prophesying to you, one after another? Huh? Talking about building you up, edifying you, and giving you comfort about the journey you're about to take. Come on, somebody. Talking about biblical comfort, biblical prophesying. So if you read that entire thing, he's saying, don't be ashamed of me. Question. If you're not ashamed of the Lord, how come you're not talking about him? Ooh, God. That, that, hit, that hurt me. If you're not ashamed of Jesus, how come you're not talking about him? Well, you want me to answer that question? Go down the list. Go down the list. A lot of us don't witness and talk to people because we don't know how. You don't know the first step to start talking to them. So what you got to do is find out how to witness to folk. We're going to have a class here talking about the witness of people. Because guess what? Most of y'all sitting up in here right now used to go to somebody else's church. Y'all came in saved. How many folks got saved in this church? Raise your hand. Martha, bless your heart, sweetheart. We got one that got saved. See? Now, what's the problem? Somebody need to go out and get somebody told about who Jesus is. And see, a lot of folks can't tell nobody because they don't know how to tell them. They always say, you can come to my church and my pastor will tell you and we'll let Sister Bennett go over there and talk to you and she'll get you filled with us. You need to get somebody filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to tell somebody about Jesus. You can take a moment. I know that if you take a moment, it's going to be scary. Somebody say, but don't be scared. Properly find out. Everybody needs to hear about being saved because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. Right? But guess what? God has a solution. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That a whosoever, raise your hand if you are whosoever. That whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
Well, how should you do it? You've got to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There. I just told you how to get folks saved. There's a need to get saved. There's a reason. To There's a solution. God gave it. And come on, talk with me and let's get confession going. All the other stuff will follow after you bring in the church. Do you know that the things that you're looking for God for is directly tied to your witness of who he is? So it behooves you to know who he is. Do you all think we just come to church just to show up and jump and shout and have a good time? No, we're only here for a couple hours a week. We are supposed to be going out and telling people about the Lord and bringing them here after they save. Huh? Supposed to get them saved. You're supposed to tell them out there. Guess what? Ask God to move on you in those uh, spiritual giftings or those spiritual manifestations in the street. I guarantee you, if you try, the Holy Ghost will manifest. Because His job is to testify of Jesus. Come on, somebody. His job is to tell folks. Have you ever read John's Gospel, chapter 15, 16, and 17? How Jesus tells you when, Jesus, when the Holy Spirit comes, who is the comforter? He will testify to me. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. And guess what? I got another news thing for you. He will show up when you testify about Jesus. Uh-oh, maybe I'm not testifying about Jesus. And that's why he's like, this is, this is, this is church evangelism 101, y'all. A lot of us are looking for God to drop stuff out the sky and lay it on us. I've been saved. I've been walking with the Lord. I've been living right. I've been praying like I'm supposed to. Yeah, but you ain't telling nobody about Jesus. Because Jesus died for the whole world. And he wants the whole world saved. And he's not here to tell them. You're here to tell them. Huh? You're the one that's supposed to go out. You don't believe it? Turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 10. Well, not saying we'll go to verse number six. Can I get my wife to read again? <laughs> Going back to the old time church where the bishop would sit there, read. Ephesians chapter number four, verse number 16. From whom the body, the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted that. Oh, He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. First of all, you got to understand that Jesus came from glory. Okay? That's the first testimony that he did come down from the Father. And he is the only one that the Father sent and testifies to. He ain't talking about no Buddha. He ain't talking about all the mother folk. He ain't talking about no Allah, none of that stuff. Hope that's on the tape. All right? He's talking about Jesus. He first uh, descended because, because he descended, it means he can go back where he came from, y'all. Hello? Read on, honey. That he might fill all things. Uh -huh. And he gave some apostles uh -huh. and some prophets uh -huh. and some evangelists uh -huh. and some pastors and teachers uh -huh. for the perfecting of the saints, uh -huh. for the work of the ministry, yes. for the edifying of the body of Christ. So, he gave these specific offices, and Pastor Reed taught you it's already, it's four offices, but it's spelled out in five. You have the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, then you got the pastor-teacher. You can't be a pastor if you can't teach. Say something, Mike. Say something back to me. Hello? You ever been to a church where the pastor didn't know what he was talking about? Don't call his name out right now. <laughs> 
couldn't teach. Hello. The bottom line is, is that he gave these ministries gifts for, for the maturing of the saints. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to grow up. That's what that word perfecting means right there. It don't mean you become, get, get your wings and fly off somewhere into another land. Perfection means mature. That means he wants you to grow up. How many of y'all would, would love to have a 27-year-old baby sitting on your lap in church right now? No. Well, guess what? Jesus don't want you on his lap either. He wants you to grow up. Get bigger. And you need apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teachers to grow you up so you can start doing the work of the ministry. He didn't, you, how many of y'all want to see Pastor Reed on the street corner? He didn't tell him to do that. He told the members to do that. You're the ones. Guess what? Because he can't go on every church corner. He can't go to your job. He can't get one of them swipers, kiosks, to swipe the door to get in. You can. Huh? And you need to be praying, asking God for you to give you moments to when you can tell people about Jesus. Hello? See, a lot of folks don't even know how, and they, so they don't. Well, I'm praying for you. What are, we, what are you praying about? I'm praying for you. I'm going to pray for you. Listen, tell me how to be born again, how I can get my life straight with Jesus, according to what the Word says, and we'll go a little bit further. Hello? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God under salvation. Some of us are even ashamed to tell folk we say. I don't want them to know. Hide in your Christian stuff. When you stick it down in the, in the drawer. And, and oh, I don't want them to know what I'm saved. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Now that word salvation don't just mean getting saved. Oh, it means a whole lot of stuff. Hello? It means an awful lot more things. He, if you read in the book of Romans, it tells you that confession Christ enters you into the covenant relationship of receiving blessing, and not just salvation only. But it's confessing. See, a lot of us don't like to talk about stuff because we don't know about it. But I tell you, get in that Bible and find out what belongs to you. And guess what? You can start confessing those things that belong to you and you will start receiving them. Why don't you read all those scriptures where it says, in Christ, in him, in whom? Boy, I tell you, if you read, put all of those on the paper and every morning get up and read all of those, you'll be so charged, you'll probably be walking on air when you leave out the room. And when you walk in the room with other folks, then the discerning of spirits come on you when you go to work. Come on, somebody. See, I know some of y'all think y'all be discerning some spirits when you in places. I discerned your spirit when I came in the door. You know. Hello. But it's only for the purpose of ministry. Come on, oh, y'all didn't say nothing. Y'all didn't say nothing on that one. It's for the purpose of you ministering, not getting your cousin straight. If your purpose is to get your cousin saved and he reveals to you what's going on by the discerning of spirits, then you're supposed to use it then. In love. It, it works by love, y'all. It don't work by, I'm going to get you told, get you straight on Christmas vacation. Y'all know if Christmas is coming up now, you know. People want to get folks straight because you're only going to see them twice a year. <laughs> Come on, somebody. He's saying that you need to know that the spirit of truth testifies of Jesus. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it's the power of God. Can I read it to you, a different translation? Can I read it to you from the mirror translation? Oh, shocking now. It says, be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ, nor of me. In the mirror translation it says, do not let my imprisonment make you feel embarrassed about the testimony of Christ or your association with me. 
We are partners in affliction of the gospel and his son. The intense, the intensity of God's power we experience. He says we are in a constant relationship with God's power. Do you know what a constant relationship is? That means you're never alone. You're always with him. He wants you to know you're always with him. And because you're always with him, you need to be doing something for him. He's always with you. When you leave home, he leaves home with you. Come on, somebody. It is a constant intensity of God's power that's on your life. I like that mere translation, boy. I went out there and got that thing, boy. And I felt like shouting when I would read the, the James, King James. And then I read the mirror. I said, ooh, I felt that one, Jesus. That was, a, that was the one. He said, it's a constant. Can I read on? It's a constant download of God's power in the midst of affliction. Ooh, a constant download. Anybody got computers in here? You know, sometimes it takes you a long time to download something, right? He said, it is a constant download. Of God's power in the midst, everybody say in the midst, of affliction. Anybody been afflicted by sickness? Anybody been afflicted by disease? Anybody been afflicted by folks bothering you? Anybody been tormented by the body? He said, you connected with a constant download of God's power. And he said, it's intense. Hallelujah. You need to understand, you're not just connected with some little mealy mouth, washy mouth, something gospel. You are connected with Jesus Christ that's seated above all principalities and all powers. He's seated at the right hand of God. And guess what? He's making intercession for me at the, at the foot of God. Oh, hallelujah. I have help in the time of trouble. You have help in the time of trouble. And guess what? He can help you testify. If you want to testify. See, you don't understand that a lot of the things that you've been waiting for God to do, he can't do it because he don't know who you belong to yet. Now, I'm not saying you belong to the devil, but you might belong to yourself. Oh, you didn't know I was going to say that, did you? You might belong to what your heart wants to do. You might belong to what you're trying to do, and he wants you to belong to him. Pastor Reed says if he's not Lord of all, he ain't Lord at all. So what are you keeping back from God that he's not Lord over? Uh-oh. Ooh, you ought to make a checklist of the things that you are over, that you are holding dear. What is it that you can't turn it loose to find out how to testify to people? Huh? Is it fear? He said, we're not born of the, with a spirit of fear, but we have the spirit of what? Power and love, and you ain't crazy. Y'all ran into some crazy folk? What the Bible said, comfort the feeble-minded. You ought to comfort them. Hello? You can comfort them by the Holy Ghost. Hello? Now, it's a constant download of God's power in the midst of affliction. The testimony of Jesus is what gives us great liberty. You know, Pastor Reed says, where the Spirit of the Lord is what? I want to make sure you're listening. Where the, where the, where the Lord what? Where the Spirit is Lord. There is liberty. Question. Is he, is he Lord over your household? Is he Lord over your mouth? Is he Lord over your body? Is he Lord over your money? Is he Lord over everything that has to do with your life? Because if he's not Lord over all, he might be the half Lord. He might be the Lord on Sunday. He might be the Lord after you get paid. Uh-oh. Just making a few little footnotes. I hope you get the CD. Huh? 
2 Timothy 2 and 14 says, Of these things, put them into remembrance. What do you mean? Constantly remind yourself of the goodness of the Lord, but don't just remind yourself, testify. I have a secret for you that if you're not here today, you're going to get it secondhand. When you begin to testify about Jesus, you release the Holy Spirit to begin to work on other things that you need from God. I don't have any money right now, Lord. I got to go get a job. That's okay. Go look for a job, but keep on testifying about Jesus. Hello? Most of us get stagnated because we're looking for a service to turn our life around. Huh? You can get your life turned around, but guess what? If you don't do anything about your life once you leave here, you're going to be back here again. Hello? Because if you don't use it, you will lose it. You think, you, you think you're not exercising, you ain't losing it? Guess what? <laughs> Get into a place where you need to lift something. You know you lost it then. Get into a place where you need to break down and run. Everybody need to break down and run? Dog chasing you or something? Or you're going to miss the bus? How many of y'all ride the bus? You ride the bus? Oh, don't look at me like that. You know you ride the bus sometimes. And you miss it and you got to chase it down. And you find out, boy, I ain't young as I used to be. Right? No, your car is too low. It used to be all right. You were getting your low car, but now it's too low. You got to bend too low to get it. Oh, don't look at me like that. You know, you try to bend down with your knees to get stuff and you can't bend down. Young folks don't know nothing about that yet. You, the old folks say, just keep on getting older. It's coming when you can't bend down. Now turn with me to, to, to Acts 17 and verse number 28. This is going to bless you. Sorry, this is going to bless you. Acts chapter 17 and verse number 28. See, some of us are going to have to make this a reality. Some of us are going to have to make this a reality. And I'm just reading one phrase of it. It says, For in him we live and move, and we have our being. It's in Christ that you're doing everything that you're doing. We have our meaning. We have our self-worth. We have everything that we need in Christ. Guess what? If you're trying to move and you're moving outside of Christ, guess what? You ain't moving. Some old folks say, We're moving. Moving in Jesus. He wanted me to write a song like that one day. I was sitting in the barber chair. He said, Carl, you ought to write a song saying, Moving. Moving in Jesus. And I said, Brother, that probably won't work on the radio. <laughs> but it was, it's real short and to the point. If you're not moving in Jesus, you may not be going nowhere. Huh? You might not be getting where you want to get to because you're trying to make something work that he didn't tell you to do. Oh, shocking now. That means the presence of the Lord. <laughs> if you're moving and trying to make stuff work, you're trying to put a square into a circle. You didn't expect that, did you? You're trying to make stuff fit. Have you ever seen people that try to cook up stuff? They say God told them to do it. And as soon as they start talking about it, you say, boy, there's no life in it at all. I got no unction, no witness at all what they said about that. Guess what? I don't believe that's from God. And see, a lot of times we let folks get away with stuff. How many of y'all would like to be told when you're saying something crazy? When you're saying something ain't in the will of God? How many of y'all like correction? I didn't see too many hands about correction. Do you know if a person knows you're going wrong and won't correct you, they really don't love you? I used to whoop my children because they would do stuff they weren't supposed to do, and I would whoop them because I loved them. 
I said, son, this is going to hurt you. That's right. You, this is going to hurt me more than it's hurting you. <laughs> they don't want to hear that. But see, what I would do after I spanked them, I would love on them. Daddy still loves you. And guess what? They still follow me to church now. They still go. They both been saved. Why? Because I, only, I loved on them in the midst. See, the proper way to correct is correct and then love. And then it's, 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 if you correct them, you love them, but then hug on them. Come on, son, let's go out here and get some ice cream. Daddy loves you, right? Because that's how God would do it. He said, you, Jesus said, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't, uh, you, your, uh, uh, being earthly, your son asks you for an egg, you give him a scorpion, right? You know, a scorpion was a, was a symbol of a demon, right? He said, you, being earthly, know how to give good gifts. Well, what about your father? Hello? And so I practice doing good. Turn me to Hebrews chapter number 3. We're about done, y'all. Y'all getting anything out of this yet? See, usually I have one of those lavaliers on where I don't have to hold a microphone. And I can walk with a Bible in my hand, but praise the Lord. And then bring it. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter number 3, uh, verse number 1. It says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. The word in italicized in mine is confession says, consider him. What do you mean, consider him? Think about him. Talk about him. He is your high priest. And he is the what? He is the high priest. And he is what? The apostle, high priest of your what? Profession. A profession is something you're saying. Y'all ready for this one? If you're not saying nothing, you're not making a profession. Huh? Hello? I know, it's, I know it's quiet, but I'm trying to get you to a place to where you open up your mouth and start saying what the Word of God says. Because until you start doing that, it's not going to happen. Right? Can I, read the, can I read the mirror translation? Oh, it's going to sound good to you. It says, brothers, in the context of our inclusion in Christ, we are blameless. We partakers in his heavenly identity. We have become fully acquainted with Christ Jesus as the ambassadors and the chief priests of our profession, confession. Our lives co... You're going to like this one. Our lives co-echo yes. the logic of God's eternal conversation with him. What are you saying, preacher? Can I break it down? That Jesus, if you're praying his will, that he's having a conversation with the Father, <laughs> and it's eternal. He's having an eternal conversation about you if you are confessing what his word says. If that don't make you jump and shout, I don't know what will. If you pray the word, well, I don't know if he's getting it. If you pray the word, I don't know if he hears me. If you pray the word, he's getting it. You don't believe what I'm saying? Turn your Daniel chapter number 10. I'm almost done. Daniel chapter 10. Verse number 12. Can I get my wife to read again? And go back to the old Baptist way? Hallelujah. Read, uh, read, chapter, read uh, Daniel 10 and verse number 12. You got a, you got a microphone. Keep mine back. It's going to bless your life. It's going to bless your life. 
Daniel 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 12. Verse 12. All right. Then he said unto me, Fear uh -huh. not, Daniel, mm -hmm. for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand. Stop. From the first day that you set your heart to understand. Some of y'all are going to need to set your heart to get an understanding of what God said about you in his word. You can't figure it out just playing. You're going to have to figure it out by reading his word. You're going to have to find those in him realities of what he said about you and make that your prayer. Because if you don't, read on, honey. And to chasten thyself before thy God. Uh-huh. Thy words were heard, and uh -huh. I am come forth. The Bible says, let me paint you a picture. Daniel, the young prophet, sees that Israel is in a state of occupation, and he knows that God is a deliverer, and he wants to be delivered. So what he does is, as a good Hebrew boy that was trained in the manuscripts of the word, he goes and pulls the word out and finds the place of the prophecy where God said that he would bring the children of Israel out. And he begins to pray that prayer in his prayer time. Did you get that? He started praying that prophecy word for word, verbatim, over and over in his prayer time. And the angel came and appeared to him. And he told him, he said, I would have been here 21 days ago. He said, but the prince of Persia, he withstood me and kept me from getting here. He said, but God still helped me and sent the Michael angel. And he fought and let me go. And he said, I am now here for thy word. And his words were not his words, but they were the words that God gave him to say back to him. Ooh. So when you don't know what to pray, like you ought to pray, the Holy Spirit would help your infirmity. It takes a hold of your language and your vocal cords if you let him, and it begins to pray the perfect will of God in your life. And guess what? When you pray in the Holy Ghost, God gets exactly what you need. He prays it, and guess what? Your blessing's on the way. Whatever God needs to do in your life, it's on the way. Why do you think tongues were given to you? So you can pray and the devil miss it. I heard you the first time. God dispatched an angel the first time you begin to pray his word. He didn't say read his word. He said pray his word. He said, I was flying as fast as I could go at the speed of light trying to get here. And when I got here, there was a bunch of demons up in the heavenlies preventing me from getting to you. But guess what? God sent another angel. Tell your, tell your neighbor, say, God will not just send you one angel. He'll send you two angels because he wants to get the message to you, a message of deliverance. Because God wants to bring you out. But notice, it's because of the prophecy. The prophecy were the promises that God gave you. My friend, I submit to you, what is your testimony today? Don't use your testimony of how he did something where you had a bubble on your leg and you said, Lord, take it away. Use the word of God to get God to move on your behalf. But guess what? He looks over his word to perform it. What are you saying? When you start preaching God's or saying God's word, he's on the way. Because he can't say no to himself. He's already said yes and amen, and guess what? Because he said yes and amen, he's waiting for you to pray the prayer of his word. Right? He's waiting for you to testify. 
He's waiting for you to tell what his goodness is. Tell what he promised you. Because guess what? If he said it, he'll do it. If he said it, he'll do it. If he promised you, he'll bring it to pass. If he said he'll bring you out, he'll bring you out. But if it's he, did he say it? See, the problem we have is, is that we get religious. You know, you know what religion is. That word religion, religion comes from the word religio. It means to be called into bondage again. It means doing religious stuff for the sake of doing stuff. Is it in the word? No, but that's what Uncle Bill did. No, that's what the Catholic Church did. No, that's what it did. Listen, do what the word says. James said, don't be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. Hello? That means you need to confess the word daily over your life. Some of y'all need to put it on your refrigerator. Some of you need to put it on the TV screen. Turn the TV off and put the word on the screen. Why? So you can bring it to memory. Confessing the word helps you remember it. Memorize it. You know, if you can't know what the word says, get in the mirror and read and look at it. And look at yourself. Right? What are you doing? I'm trying to put it in my rem remembrance. Because anything you don't remember, you can't talk about it. Right? Most actors get in, the, get, in the, get in the mirror and go through their lines. And they get into character. Some of y'all need to get into character when you're talking to God. Some of y'all need to get into character about his promises. You need to say, God, you said. You would make me the head and not the tail. God, you said. That I'm seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That you're making intercession for me at the throne of God. Yeah. Isn't that what the word says? Yeah. And he has to say, yes, I did say that. <laughs> what do you want from me? Huh? So what was my title? What is your testimony? Do you have a testimony? Is your testimony that God's word is what you believe? Is your testimony what the Bible says? I watched a preacher the other, a preacher, I won't call the person's name, the other night, and that person was preaching, and there wasn't no word at all what she was saying. And folks were falling out, going crazy, and I said, wow, where are we going with this? Because when I leave here, I'm going to need something to take me home. I need something to remember tomorrow. I need to be able to go to the Bible myself and look at it and read it. Not a whole bunch of hollering and screaming and you lay hands on me and I'm falling out. What about when you're not there? I'm going to be by myself, boy, when I'm with you. I need something to help me when I'm by myself. Hello? So what am I saying? Some of y'all need to ramp up your testimony. Some of y'all need to ramp up your talking. Come on, come on, players. Some of y'all need to ramp up what you're doing for God and begin to testify, first of all, to yourself. You're not testifying to yourself of God's goodness. I know when you read it and look at it, it don't sound like it's true. And guess what? Sometimes it don't even feel like it's true. But I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe. And I believe what the Word of God says, that I am more than a conqueror, that I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. That is my testimony. And the Bible says they overcame by the Word, capital W. Of that testimony. You ain't going to come overcome by my testimony. It's going to have to be a testimony that he gave you. Out of his word. This healing belong to me? Yes it does. Find out where it's written. And you can have it. But see most of us. Most of us. Are so religious. And most of us. Have gotten such a place to where. We want somebody to do it for us. You've got to watch that spirit where you always want somebody to do something for you. Because what will happen is you will always be living in the land of, are they coming now? Are they going to do it for me? Can you fix it for me? You need to get to the place where you say, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. God is my helper. 
If nobody else comes to help me, God is going to help me. Come on, stand to your feet. I told you I don't get you out on time today. What is your testimony? What are you saying in your idle time? Listen to me. What are you saying in your idle time about God's word? Can I make it a little more personal? What are you talking about to your closest friends? Maybe your wife. Maybe your husband. Maybe your phone buddies. You know, somebody called me and said, Ooh, brother, you ought to watch that movie Scandal. I said, I'm not watching that foolishness. Hello? I'm not, I don't have time for that. I have enough foolishness in my life. I don't have time for that. Hello? When you're working on something, you have to shut some stuff out. Huh? When you're heading somewhere, you have to stop taking people with you that ain't supposed to be with you. Hello? Sometimes you have to move when God says move and leave people. And call them back and say, hey, I had to go. <laughs> you ever left somebody before? Why you leave me? You wasn't ready. I had to be there on time. I had to leave you. Hello? Because guess what? Don't you want God to come see you on time? So you don't think you're, what you're doing for God directly reflects or has something to do with how God answers you. Uh-oh. How on time are you? The Bible says, whatever you see your hands to do, do it. Hello? Some of us waiting to get paid. You know, there are some churches that will pay you to go out and testify and knock on doors and whatever. Some people tell you your salvation is based upon it. You know, they say, you got to go knock on so many doors and get saved. But that's not true. Your salvation is hearing the gospel, finding out God's promises to you, and then making that profession of faith because the high priest, Jesus Christ, is watching over the words that he said. So guess what happens when you are sending up stuff that he didn't promise? He's not listening to you. You wouldn't believe it, but Jesus ignores people. Huh? You don't believe it? Remember that man, that young man, Zacchaeus, was in the tree? And he kept on hollering out and Jesus kept on walking. Jesus! He ignored it. Hello? He also told a person before, he said, you a dog, I ain't supposed to give you nothing. Hello? But she said, Yea, Lord, I might be a dog. But even the dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. But I got good news for you. You are not a dog. You are his child. You are in Christ. You have the blood of God on your life. And guess what? He also gave you his testimony. So when you begin to testify of his word, you're testifying of Jesus. Hello? So right now, if you're in the sound of my voice, some of y'all need to cancel some stuff that you've been saying, that you've been confessing. So right now, go ahead and lift your hands up right now and just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Go ahead and tell him what you're sorry about. Say, Lord, I've been believing wrong. Lord, I've been trusting wrong. Lord, I've been praying wrong. Lord, I even been living wrong. But I heard, God, that you are a Savior. And that you will deliver me. I heard in, your, in the scriptures where it says that you are, not, you are faithful. And that you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If I would confess that I've been doing wrong. So guess what? 
If you're making confessions right now, guess what? He's forgiven you right now. The forgiveness of the Lord Jesus right now is on your life. You've been making bad confessions about the Lord. And he's not mad at you because he don't listen to bad confessions. He only listens to what his word says. He watches over his word to perform it. And I got news for you. It doesn't matter what anybody says. If you have heard from the Lord about what you're doing, don't worry about what your friends say. Don't worry about what neighbors say. Don't worry about what the ministry says. Don't worry about what pastors say. Do what God told you to do. Because guess what? You're the one that's going to have to stand before the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So go ahead and lift your hands up right now and say, Say, I worship you, Jesus. Said, I worship you. And I give you the praise, yeah. Because you brought me out. Anybody believe the Lord brought you out? Anybody feel the turnaround? Oh, my God. I just saw the turnaround in the spirit. He's going to turn some things around in your life. He's going to turn around the bad credit. He's going to turn around the bad health. He's going to turn around the lying mouths that have been lying on you. He's going to turn around the position that they put you in. Hallelujah. Mm, it's the turnaround. If you believe he's turning you around, just go ahead and just turn around one time. It's the turnaround. Placing my feet on a new ground. Mm. He's placing my feet on a, mm, a solid ground. Yes, it's a, it's a turnaround, turnaround. Yes, it's the turnaround. Yes, mm. yes. Doors that were closed to you going to be opened. Yes. Hallelujah. And I see a window opening and God's going to blow a fresh wind of glory your way. Hallelujah. Yes. Say, Lord, blow on my life right now. Hallelujah. Feel me and seal me with your Holy Ghost. You ought to think there's stuff that's been lost. I got news for you all. It's going to be found. Revelation of things that you know not. He's going to reveal those things to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. You might have a loved one that you don't think the Lord's going say, but I say to you, it's the turn around, turn around, say I've fasted and prayed, I've prayed and fasted, but it seems like this thing, I can't outlast it, but it's the turn around, it's a turn around, it's a turn around, listen, if you under the sound of my voice, 
and you just want me to pray with you about your turnaround specifically. You say you've been trying for a long time.